Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Matthew chapter number 15, and uh, begin starting with verse number 29. The Bible states these words. And Jesus departed from thence, came nigh into the Sea of Galilee, and went up into a mountain, and sat down there. And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, the blind to see. And they glorified the God of Israel. Verse 32, Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat and I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. Amen. For a little while tonight, I want to preach to you this, that God has compassion on the faithful. God has compassion on the faithful. And I will be mindful of you this evening. Father, I love you. I appreciate you, Jesus, in this place. God, you're not any less right now than what you were yesterday. You're not even any more right now than what you will be tomorrow. I pray, oh God, that you would help us, Lord, in this next little bit. God, wrap our minds, God, and our hearts around your word. I pray, God, give your people strength tonight, God, for their tired bodies and tired minds. God, I pray, Lord, you would strengthen them with the Holy Ghost. Lord, be a comforter to them, Lord Jesus. God, you know, Lord, where they are, God, more than any of us, Lord, know individually about where they are. You know, God, where they are. I pray, oh, Lord, you would encourage them this evening in the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen and amen. Everyone say amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Hallelujah. In the house of the Lord. Amen. He has compassion on the faithful. Has compassion on the faithful. The word of the Lord speaks to us, and we have seen at different places in God's word where he has at different times been moved with compassion, the scripture says. Uh, oft times, whenever he was moved with compassion, it's because there were multitudes that were before him with sickness and disease and illness that was riveting their bodies. And oftentimes, Scripture says that he looked upon them. And there's something about in him looking upon them, he just couldn't identify with their problem and their difficulty. And as a result, uh, the yearnings and the longings that just moved inside of him moved him to a place of compassion in so much that he did not leave them as they were. He did not leave them with their difficulty. He did not leave them with their trouble. But the Bible says after that fact that he would heal them. 
place his hand upon them or speak a word of faith into their life and they would be made whole. We see at other occasions that if it wasn't just sickness or disease that was coming upon the people, he had come in contact with others that were demon possessed that was possessed of the devil and doing things that uh, were not according to their character not according to the type of person that they were but being under the control and the authority of another and seeing them act in a way that was totally outside of their natural character that just did something to the heart of God that his heart was just somehow overtaken by their circumstance of life and again he would be moved the Bible says times with compassion again not willing to allow them to stay where they were but going to speak a word into their life so that that demonic spirit would be dispersed and dispatched from them so they could go on with life under the authority and the power amen of nature or of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ but uh, he oftentimes did this and he had compassion he had compassion on the sick and the weary had compassion upon widows moved inside of him oftentimes moved with compassion uh, the psalmist David in his writings it's the only time that we see this in the word of God David speaks of the Lord on more than one occasion as being one that is full he was full of compassion David said he, he's not just partial he's just not uh, incomplete but he is to the topmost completely full of compassion but in our scripture reading here this evening there is something that has already taken place here among the mountain hills as the great multitude has gathered together unto the Lord their purpose for gathering into the Lord according to scripture is that they brought to him their sick and they have brought to him their lame and their blind and their dumb and they brought all these people with different elements that are going on in their life to the feet of Jesus Christ and the Bible says that he heals them uh, seemingly he heals them all I don't know how long the prayer line took and I don't know what the number of them were but however many had a issue or a disease they, uh, the day did not end until he healed them every last single one of them at least according to the scripture and the Bible says that they all received the blind received their sight back the lame could walk again the dumb could speak again Again. and then he called his disciples together no doubt they had somewhat of a hand in this ministry that the Lord was doing and he was teaching them it was on job training for those ragtag group of 12 disciples that he had under his care and he spoke some words to those boys and he says I have compassion on the multitude and he states a couple reasons why he has compassion he says number one they continued with me for three days number two they have nothing to eat and no doubt them not having anything to eat was part and parcel because they've been with the master close beside him along on the journey amen seeing what he would do how he would perform listening to his teaching and his words for three days they didn't have time to go get any food because they've been attentive to what the Lord was doing so I would like to declare this evening that Christ was saying I'm having compassion upon them first and foremost because they have continued with 
me. The lame are already walking at this place in the story. The blind are already seeing. His compassion is not due to their sickness. His compassion is not due to their disease. His compassion is not due to them being possessed by a demonic spirit. But his compassion is the fervor. His compassion is the tenacity of the crowd to stay with him though they had not anything to eat. I would declare this evening here for the first apostolic church that God has compassion upon his people for different reasons and different times. But there are some times that God just has compassion upon us because we just had the gumption to just stay. The gumption to continue. The gumption, if you will, to put a nail in a sure place and hang everything on it and say, I'm not going to be moved. I'm not going to be thwarted. I'm not going to be given up, but I'm going to stay with this thing to the end. And though it may bring inconvenience and though everything might not be just like it should, God is a rewarder of faithfulness. We understand him being drawn to the sick. We understand him being drawn to the weary. We understand him being drawn to someone possessed by a demonic spirit. But just as much as he is drawn to them and just as much as compassion as he would show toward them, he shows toward the ones that maybe are not sick right now, maybe have no grand thing happening as a demon possession right now, but they're just people that said, I'm yours, Lord, and you are mine, and I'm going to go on with Jesus just the same. I'm hanging tight in this thing. We need a group of people in the hour that will just be faithful to God. We need some New Testament Enochs, amen, that will just say, I'm just going to walk with God. We need some people as it was in Enoch's day and things were not well. They were not prize worthy. There was a lot of trouble. There was a lot of despair. The cloud of darkness was looming very heavy over his head and the head of those of that generation. But Enoch just had a thing about him. He said, I started this walk with God and I'm going to finish this walk with God and there was just a faithfulness that he had toward God and God seen his faithfulness God seen his continuance and said he's doing that in spite of what's going on in his world I'm going to have compassion upon you Enoch why don't you just go on and be translated the Bible says that he pleased God I'm asking some weary soldiers tonight. I'm asking some men and women here this evening. I'm asking you as your pastor, will you just continue another day? Will you just continue one more service? Will you just continue one more year? Will you continue in prayer just another hour? Will you continue to fast just another meal? Oh, but Brother McGee, we have nothing to eat. It seems like there is no provision that's reciprocating us staying here. But I'm telling you today, just stick with it. Just stay with it. Because in doing so, you're getting the attention of heaven. In doing so, you're getting the attention of God. I want you to know that God has not ignored your service. God has not ignored your faithfulness. God has not ignored, if I could say like this, your stick with itness. Yeah. Just stick with it. 
And I don't know why God's been dealing with me in such a way. It seems like over the past few Sundays, God has just keep on fanning the flame about us seeing something to an end, about just continuing, about not giving up, about, if you will, just digging in a little deeper. He just keeps coming to me through prayer, and he's laying these things up on my heart for whatever reason. I'm just the mouthpiece, and I'm just speaking it. But I feel like God wants us to understand that he's not missed one thing. He's not missed one jot. He's not missed one tittle. There's nothing that escaped his eye or his vision there's not anything that God has not heard or has not seen and in due time it might not be today but perhaps tomorrow but in due time he will have compassion and you don't have to have your life all upset in order for compassion to come to you you just got to be faithful and continue with the Lord we need faithful people Faithful people. I've seen the firecracker people. I've seen the one that come in and make a great show and scene, so to speak, as far as in their dynamics for God. And you know how long it lasts? As long as the firecracker's wick does before it explodes. It's like burn, kaboom. Wow, look at that. Yeah, and it's over. I've seen them. I've seen them from saint level to ministry level. God has compassion. We think, my God, look at that person. Isn't that great? All you're seeing them is in their firecracker moment. All you're seeing is them in their 4th of July moment. Hear me right now. I'm just preaching tonight. I've seen it from the high to the low. There, I, 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 There's people I can name right now, amen, that evangelize whenever I evangelize. And honey, they were the hot thing. They were, they were, if you will, the big bundle of fireworks for the 4th of July. They were the snap, crackle, pop, and all of it together. They were the wick that was burning quick, the fire that was going vehemently. But you know what? Today... I can name names to you of people that have forsaken the truth and forsaken the way that evangelize when I evangelize. It's not all about the big boom that you can perform in one particular service or at one particular time in your life. It's about if on Sunday you got boom, on Wednesday you got boom, on Monday you got boom. What is it about? It's about faithfulness. It's about staying with it. It's about continuing. It's about not forsaking the old paths. It's about pulling in tight, amen, and tying and hang it on. I'm not in this firecracker religion. I'm not in this burst of light religion. No, I just need people that's going to be faithful that I can depend upon that I know it's going to be there when there's not even anything to eat. Someone say Hallelujah. God's drawn to these people here not because of their need necessarily but because of their continuance because of their faithfulness God rewards faithfulness is a very very valuable trait in the life of an individual more importantly in the life of a Christian Faithfulness is a very valuable trait. We read in the Old Testament of a story or a man in particular by the name of Ittai. The Bible says that he is a 
Gittite. Amen. He is a foreigner. Ittai is. But Ittai comes into the kingdom of David. David is king at this moment. Amen. He is under a lot, a lot of bombardment from his son Absalom that's wishing to take his father's throne. They're gathering things together to leave Jerusalem. Amen. He's not wanting to cause any more turmoil than has already caused in the city. And rather than a war break out in Jerusalem, he would rather leave it intact as is and get away for a little while. And Ittai has just showed up a few days prior to them getting ready to leave Jerusalem. Amen. And they're about ready to go. And here is King David. He's about ready to go over the river. He's about ready to go over into another location away from Jerusalem. He has a ragtag group of people with him that still has their loyalty to the king, that are still faithful to the king. And as he's going over, he looks to his left or to his right, I don't know, and lo and behold, there is Ittai and the Bible plainly wants to underline the Gittite. He's a foreigner. He's not a Jew. He's not a Hebrew. He's a Gittite. And David says, Ittai, why don't you go on and just stay back in Jerusalem? In other words, you have no service. You have no purpose in all of this matter that's taking place around the kingdom. And Ittai said, no. He said, my place is to be wherever my king is. He's a foreigner. He's of a foreign nationality. Amen. But he said, David, I am taking you. I'm adopting you as my king. And it's my responsibility, whether there's a war in the town or war outside the town, my responsibility is to be wherever the king is. And if that means you don't have a place to lay your head tonight, I don't have a place to lay my head tonight. If that means there's no food for the next few days, I don't have no food for the next few days. But my loyalty is to the king talking about faithfulness consistence (laughs) consistence that stays the same whether it's high or whether it's low you like that voice inflection that went down didn't you amen because there'll be people that would desire to go fight alongside David whenever the odds weren't against him. There'd be people that'd be willing to go fight whenever he is the threat Uh and not the per se enemy. Uh He said he needed somebody though that regardless of what life was serving Hittite, a foreigner, said, you're my king and my place is to be by you. Do you not know that that natural king of the Old Testament took record, amen, took record of the activity of that foreigner Ittai and took record of what he did while some who said they were his and of the bloodline didn't go? While there were firecrackers back in the tent at Jerusalem that didn't step over the river? And it, don't you know the king took recognition of that? Because we learn later in scripture that David then is sending out an army. He's sending out the army underneath his three top generals. Amen. For Jerusalem, for the kingdom of Israel. And he sends out Joab. He sends out another man. I believe his name was Zariah. And you know who was the third person he sent out as a top general underneath his command? An old foreign boy. <laughs> that he hadn't known very long by the name of Ittai. 
What do you think David was doing in that moment? I believe David was recognizing the faithfulness, the continuance of a man that had no bloodline association with him, but said, hey, I've just been here a few days and you're my king and I'm gonna stay beside you. I believe there's something that happened to the heart of a natural king that said, hey, I have compassion toward that. If I want anybody fighting for me and anybody defending me, it's the one that walked alongside me when I didn't have any clout, when I didn't have any power when I seemingly was the enemy. I believe sometimes in certain respects that as a church we've been boiled down just to that. The people that says, hey, I'm gonna be here. You call prayer, I'm gonna show up. If you say outreach, I'm gonna be there. If you say we're gonna serve, let's just start service and just have one at noon, but then two the next week, I'll do whatever it is you need done. I believe we come to the people that said, hey, I know sometimes it seems like things kinda got scantily around here and the cabinets were bare, but I'm not here to see what I can get. I'm here to see what I can offer. I'm I'm here to be faithful. I'm here to continue. I want you to know, children of God, God has not missed that. God has not ignored that. He has compassion toward that. Someone say amen. Faithfulness is Brother Fred McGee over here most of the afternoon cleaning this baptistry out filling it up with water, taking buckets of hot water so we wouldn't freeze to death in there. And then it not taking place because of something beyond our control and me saying sorry and him just still going on as though it's okay, at least he'll be ready when it needs to be ready. We don't send him a gift card for a steak lunch every time he fills this thing up. I go back to that concept of David being the only one that penned the words in the Psalms how God was full of compassion and it's there then that I go back to Old Testament story that David had went to the temple he needed a weapon in honesty they gave him Goliath's sword he got some bread for his men he left but there was one among them by the name of Doeg that took it all in that was in the kingdom of Saul Whenever Saul was talking about, hey, are any of you guys going to be loyal? Nobody was telling me that Jonathan was in cahoots with David. Nobody was telling me that they were favorable toward one another and that they were friends. And so Dag thought, here's a good time to shine. And he says, well, he said, I was in the temple when David went by and, and, and he took some bread and he took the sword. And, and so they make a, a dash out to the temple and they speak to the people there. And the Bible tells us, uh, amen, as he began to question uh, Ahimelech there and began to question him and, and the priest that was there also and the, some 80 priests that were there. There were some words that came back, amen, to Saul from the priest that was there whenever they begin to talk about David and his conniving because David did this in secrecy. They really didn't know the real reason why he was there and why he was requesting what he was requesting. He said, the king's business requires haste. So they were just saying, if this is something that's happening with the king, then we're going to get on this and everything's going to be well. So it, was, it wasn't all of that. And so the only response that he could give back to Saul in 1 Samuel 22 is, is this. Whenever he was speaking ill of David, he said this. He said, who is so faithful among all thy servants? as David because whenever you sought to kill him 
and he had opportunity to kill you, he didn't. Whenever he was having some rights to the throne room and you had started acting in such a way that wasn't fit to a king, he didn't try to usurp your authority. That to his own men that were around about him, he was telling people, touch not God's anointed. Who's so faithful? If I could even, from the natural realm to the spiritual realm, who was so faithful as David? You say, well, Brother McGee, he committed, he committed adultery. He, he killed a man, amen, by another man's hand. Uriah, uh, her husband, he did all things. But you see, in every mistake that David made, he still tried to stay in step with the master. And I believe that's why we see him attributed to him in New Testament scripture, that he was a man that was after God's own heart. How in the world? You, he did some of these very horrid things in your life. Yes, but what he tried to do, although he had moments and hiccups, we might even call them, in his life, he tried to come back to the place of origin and stay with it and work through the difficulty and work through the mistakes. And so I believe the reason why David, being the only one to pin, that God was full of compassion it's because David led a life, although at times sin-stricken, of trying to be faithful to his God. And his faithfulness granted him the full compassion of his Lord. Y'all doing all right? Monday's coming. You're all right. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. Let those Second Timothy chapter number 2 and verse number 2. I won't hold you much longer. Seriously, I won't. 2 Timothy 2, verse 2. Paul is writing his letter to his young protege, Timothy, what he calls as his son in the gospel. Remember the faithfulness of, the unfeigned faith of Timothy's mother, grandmother. Amen. But we know that Timothy's daddy was a foreigner, Gentile. And so... As far as the gospel is concerned, he learned it from his mother and grandmother, but the masculine figure he had in his life was the apostle Paul. He was, Timothy was the son in the gospel to the apostle Paul. And so whenever Timothy is sent to the church of Ephesus and he is sent there to be what we might even call as an interim pastor or a pastor for a period and a point of time as Paul sent him there, Paul started to work uh, undoubtedly in Ephesus had visited there spent much time there but he sends Timothy back amen to oversee the work to virtually be the pastor of that particular church and so a lot of the writings of first and second Timothy is Paul admonishing and encouraging and instructing and directing this young Timothy uh, as he is serving in his office and serving in this uh, capacity that is uncharted waters uh, for him and we read in second Timothy 2 and verse number 2 some of the instruction good instruction valuable sound instruction that the apostle Paul gives to Timothy I may even start with verse number one feeling a little ad adventurous here thou therefore my son Paul speaks to Timothy he says be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus now look now be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and he says and the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses 
What, 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 Timothy, have you heard of Paul? Well, Paul has been my instructor. He's been my teacher. He's been my guide. He's taught me the things concerning the word of the Lord. I mean, Paul was Timothy's Sunday school teacher, his preacher, his, you know, whatever you want to call him. He was that, amen, to Timothy. So he's the one that schooled Timothy in the ways of Scripture and what Scripture meant and how they fit together and everything about Christ, amen, a lot of that he learned from the Scriptures through the man Paul. And he says, he says, so be strong in the grace of the Lord and be strong in anything I ever taught you. Be strong in anything I've ever told you or instructed you concerning the scriptures don't 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 be deluded there i mean if you're going to have an off day don't be off concerning the doctrine you want to have an off day, don't be off concerning the things concerning the word of God. If anything, put orange juice in your Cheerios and flub up on something like that. But do not, uh, by no means, be off concerning the doctrine. And look what he tells him. This is the word of advice that he gives to the young Timothy. And he says the same. What I delivered to you, what I taught to you, what I ingrained in you, the doctrine that I inbred in you, that you're to be strong in. He said the same, commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others I think there's something in that that Paul's telling Timothy and telling us that God likes his doctrine God likes his word God likes his spiritual truths carried in the hands of faithful faithful people because whenever it gets in the hands of people that don't continue, they don't continue. When it gets in the hands of people that are slack or skewed on their faithfulness, they start messing with Jesus' name, baptism. When whatever it gets in the hands of people that are not with it and continuing with him, then they start just kind of messing around with this idea that God only cares about your heart and he doesn't care about anything else, how you look, how you talk, your conversation and way of life. He just cares about what's on the inside. Whenever it gets in the hands of unfaithful people, they, they begin to tell you that there were three persons in a Godhead that are co-equal and co-equal. When it gets in the hands, and so Paul says, Timothy, if there's one thing you're going to get right, son, in pastoral ministry at Ephesus, you make sure you get that book. You make sure you get truth in the hands of faithful men. He said, because if you get in the hands of anybody else, amen, except those that are faithful, truth is going to fall in the street somewhere. He said, truth is going to fall down. Truth is not going to stand if it's in the hands of those that are flimsy and those hands that are not convinced, not sold out. Someone say amen. He said, put them in the hands of faithful men. And you get them in the hands of faithful men and God has compassion upon the faithful. Those disciples, those multitudes stayed for three days. They did not eat nothing. They did not have anything to eat because they were captivated by the master and they continued with him in spite of their hunger pains. They continued with him in spite, amen, of not taking food for three days. But God says, wait a moment. I'm not sending them away because if I send them away at this point in time, Listen to me. It's not just the fact, and you can stand. It's not just the fact that they'll say, hey, he didn't feed me. That won't be where the crux of it is. It will be they'll say, they didn't, he didn't recognize that we stayed with him. Yeah. 
It won't be, we didn't get a meal out of this. It will be, he didn't recognize our continuance factor. He didn't recognize our faithfulness. And he says, I can't send them away this way. It's not so much the food aspect as it is taking recognition that they stayed with me. That, they, that I have compassion upon those that are faithful and those that continue. Brother Mason, if you'll come, amen tonight. He had compassion on the multitude. It wasn't a healing they were in need of this time. It wasn't demon possession that grabbed his attention this time. It was their faithfulness. If we bow our heads in this place, it was their faithfulness to God. It was their faithfulness to continue there, to hear his teaching, hear his preaching, hear his words, in spite of what the rest of life or other multitudes or people were coming or going, entering and leaving. They were, in essence, if I could steal the words of it, I, hey, that's our king. And our place is beside him. I'm asking tonight, is there any... Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.